Hey guys, it's Connor. I'm here in Colorado Springs at the YWAM Emerge Base, learning how to farm with aquaponics. I'm gonna feed the fish right now. Here's our fish tanks. Uh, I'm doing really good, I miss you guys. Maybe the fish aren't really hungry right now. But, oh. Anyway, I'm learning how to grow all kinds of plants using fish as fertilizer. So it's coming along pretty well. I miss you guys. See you soon. Hey, now that everybody's quiet, let's run that again. <laughs> I think he said something to us. Hey guys, it's Connor. I'm here in Colorado Springs at the YWAM Emerge Base, learning how to farm with aquaponics. I'm gonna feed the fish right now. Here's our fish tanks. Uh, I'm doing really good, I miss you guys. Uh, maybe the fish aren't really hungry right now, but, oop. Anyway, I'm learning how to grow all kinds of plants using fish as fertilizer. So it's coming along pretty well. I miss you guys. See you soon. Hey, John Ray, are you going to come up and do your part here? Or do you want to? Yeah. yeah, okay, great. <laughs> I'm just, you know, tipping you off the year next. now? Yes. So all next week, Camp Barnabas is going to be uh, having programs here in our building here at 2828 with what they do. And I encourage you to, to go and talk to these guys, talk to them about what they're doing, but we're really glad y'all are here with us today. We also have a ton of people coming back, visitors coming back from overseas, coming back from icebergs and places and, and things like that. Um, but today, we are focusing on the efforts of our missionaries who are crossing boundaries, going places. Now, if you had asked me when I was a kid what I wanted to be when I grew up, missionary would not have even crossed my mind. If you had said soldier, I'd said sure. Adventurer, heck yes. Pilot, let's do it. Missionary, um... What's that? But here I am. 30 years later, this fall marks 30 years since I left Austin to give God a year of my life. In that time, I totally had my script rewritten, and I've been involved in missionary, and my wife and our family have been involved in missions ever since. Is being a missionary that remote for you? When you think of missionary, is it something that other people do? Is it something that would never cross your mind that you might be involved with? Well, today we're going to hear stories, we're going to see pictures, we're going to hear testimonies, and we're going to sing songs that might change your mind with that. 
And there's no way this one service that we're going to cover everything that we do here at Grace. I think about, I think about Cody and the work that he's doing there in Africa, digging water wells. I think about Amy's parents who are over right now serving in the Middle East, training people with uh, how to respond to PTSD from being in war zones with that. I think about Martha, Lester, not even here this morning. She's out serving right now. And I think about Trajan and Hannah, who we gave a pass today because of jet lag uh, on serving, but we'll be hearing from them. So what you're going to hear is just a slice of what's going on at Grace Church today. And I pray that as we gather this morning, we will have ears to hear, really hear what's being said, not just as a church as a whole, but also each of us as individuals. Who knows what we might hear? Alex? Thanks, John. Hey, um, just to maybe help set up our uh, time a little better this morning. um, So first of all, one of the things that's distinct about this Sunday is also a family fifth Sunday, if John didn't mention that. And so that means our youngest kids will be going, but we're going to keep our older kids in with us. And it just is part of our ethos. It's part of what we value as a church is diversity and inclusion. We want to we want to understand what does it look like to be worshiping as a diverse group of people, which includes all of our ages. So this is one of those Sundays we do that. Um, but this first song is uh, an old hymn. You guys will recognize it. Um, but this, you may not know the backstory behind the song. So kids, I'm going to try to explain it in a way that maybe can be helpful. But also parents, listen, because I think this is an important thing that um, you can even have a conversation with your kids afterwards, right? So there's this group of people. Um, that Teresa and I learned about when we went through a class called Perspectives. And this group of people, they were called the Moravians. How many of you guys have heard of the Moravian Church? So what was really distinct about this church was that they felt called to share the good news of Jesus with the most poor and oppressed and marginalized in the world. But not only did they have that distinctive, they had a passion around it. They were so passionate about it, they would often form small groups. Like think about our grace groups, right, or a community group that you're a part of, where your whole focus is you guys form so that you can work and have jobs, and you pick one family that's going to go to a marginalized group, and they're going to live there, and all that group does is is works to pay and support that group and themselves. That's all that group does. That's their whole focus. That's how... That's how passionate they were. Uh, there's this one story about the, there were two Dutch Moravian missionaries who saw this group of uh, slaves in Africa, and they were so moved that they sold themselves into slavery in order to be able to witness to those people. There were stories about the things that they said as they were boarding the boat and waving goodbye to their families as they We're leaving with the slaves, going into slavery. From that inspirational story, John Wesley wrote this song. Um, Oh, for a thousand tongues to sing, our great Redeemer's praise. So let's start this verse. Let's start this song with the chorus that Dave added, Dave Crowder added on. Basically goes like this. So come on and sing out. Let our anthem grow loud. There is one great. 
So come on and sing out, let the anthems grow loud, there is one great love, there is one great love, Jesus. Stand, church. There are 
Amen. Praise God. Well, that sounded kind of like a weird voice. Amen. Praise God. Have a seat, Abby. But no, Bonnie, come up. Bonnie, please. And we want our, all of our kids to come up for a second, because I think Bonnie has something super important to share with you guys this morning. Come on, all you little guys. If you're not sure if you're a kid, you probably are, so come on up. <laughs> Hello. Hi. Okay. Good morning. Okay. Who knows what this is? A globe. Who knows what it's of? A globe of the the world. Very good. Did you know that there are people all over the world that are spreading the good news of Jesus's love? Did you know that? Did you know we have people in this room right now that went to Africa? Do you know where Africa is? Yeah. And Ecuador, so many places, right? And did you know that the United States is where we live, and that's also in the world? And did you know we can spread the good news here, too? Did you know you can spread the news to your neighbors and your friends at school? Yeah? Yeah, good. Okay, in our classes today, we're going to learn how to have courage to do that, okay? So let's pray. Ready? Dear Lord... Please give us courage to spread the good news of your love. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, let's go back. Kids, to stay in here with us today, but our preschoolers, right? Our preschoolers and under, you guys can go back and spend a little time with the folks. For the balance of us that are here... I just wanted you to know that at, church, at Grace Church, we really, really value community. We value it a lot. And so we try to create as much space for community to happen as we can. And so this week, and usually most weeks, we have a discussion question. So what I'd like you to do is to take some time while the, the older folks or the younger kids are going back and their parents are taking them, give the parents time to come back. But everybody else, gather up in groups of three or four. Make sure you look around you to see if there's somebody who's maybe not in a group. But pull them in and, and ask yourself this question. Uh, so Justo Gonzalez writes, the book, in the book, book of Revelation makes very clear that there are hard choices to be made. So what we want you to talk about in your groups is what hard choices are coming up in your week or in the next month for you? I know one group over here that's got some, has already made some hard choices, and uh, we're going to miss them, the Blairs, as they head to Texas and hang out with those Texans. But what hard choices are coming up in your week or month? So go ahead, break up into smaller groups, and, and let's have a good conversation.
wonders anew. But I hold on to this hope and the promise that He brings. There will be a place where no more suffering. There will be a day with no more tears, no more pain, and no more fears. There will be a day when the burdens of this place will be no more. We'll see Jesus face to face. But until that day, we'll hold on to you. We could wrap our conversations up. Again, I want to welcome everybody here to Grace Church. My name is John Ray. I'm one of the elders here at Grace Church. And, uh, and the kids that are still in here, we have a treat for you. So this, so we need all the kids to come in who are still in here to come up and get one of these. Miss Teresa has one. 
for everybody in here. And this is a super cool deal. So there is a passport in here of activities that are going to be connected to all of the speakers that we have. Come on! Yes! Heck yeah! Here, you take mine. So they have special activities for all the speakers that are going on. And so when each speaker comes up, you'll see a page that talks about it and activities to do so that you can follow along and listen. And we're going to be talking today or listening to testimonies from our missionaries, from our global workers. But we have to ask the question then, well, what, what is a missionary? And what are we doing when we say we're doing missions? Because it's not just the act of serving others, but also of opening ourselves up to other points of view. And the main thing, and we're going to talk about this as we wrap up today when we take communion together, it is the intentional crossing of borders. It is the intentional going outside of our own tribe, our own ethos, our own group, for the, extent, for the express purpose of sharing the good news of Jesus. And as we do that, a commonality that we'll hear is that we're singing the song of Moses and Jesus and all the saints as we go. Those of you who are regulars here at Grace Church know we've been studying Revelation. And this verse that we are emphasizing today says this. It says, I saw something like a sea made of glass, the glass all shot through with fire, Carrying harps of God, triumphant over the beast, its image, the number of its name, the saved one stood on the sea of glass. And they sang the song of Moses, servant of God. They sang the song of the Lamb. Mighty your acts and marvelous, O God, the sovereign strong. Righteous your ways and true, King of the nations. Who can fail to fear you, O God? Give glory to your name. Because you and you only are holy. All nations will come and worship you because they see your judgments are right. This summer, I had the incredible privilege of leading a group of our students and students from some other places, and we camped our way across the United States and landed up in Carlsbad, California, um, and were so welcomed by the Owens family there at their church there in Vista, and um, and then we w went down to Mexico with Olivia's Basket, Homes of Hope, and we built a house. And I'm going to ask Colton and uh, Josie, y'all come on up. And they're going to share about what we did this summer down in Mexico. Uh, hello. Uh, like John said, my name is Colton, um, and I've been to the Ensenada trip uh, two times now. And when John asked me to talk about this trip, um, my very first response was like, wow, how do I condense 17 days into less than five minutes? Um, I think I finally figured it out. Uh, I narrowed it down to one word, smelly. No, that's, um, so in all seriousness, um, I learned a lot from the trip, um, but I think God wanted me to learn two big ideas, and number one is that he wanted me to learn 
uh, how to love those around me. Um, and we say the word love a lot, you know, um, but what does it mean? And what the way that I came to understand it on the trip is that uh, love is a feeling God puts in your heart um, because he wants more than anything in the world for you to care for and cherish his children for him. Um, and he taught me how to love um, these people around me through serving them. You know, cooking, cleaning, um, packing, unpacking, pitching tents, tearing down tents, more cleaning, more packing, a lot of all that. Um, but also just sharing and encouraging each other while we went on this journey. Um, and just as Jesus washed his disciples' feet, uh, we served each other while we went on the 17-day journey. Uh, no one was above anyone else, just how Jesus wanted it. So, and then number two. So number one was God wanted me to learn how to love people around me. Number two was God uh, showed me how to truly love a stranger. Um, the family that we built a house for, I had never met them uh, before those two days. And I understood maybe three words that they spoke. Hola and muchas gracias. That's, that's about the extent um, of what I understood. And even though there was that barrier, uh, I still felt God's love for them as we built uh, them this house. And it was more than just a roof over their heads, more than just a, a building to them. It was a symbol of God's love and protection over them. And nothing could have made them smile any bigger in the world. And that was, was really special. And what's tragic is that millions of people don't know the truth about God. They don't know that he loves them as, their, as his children unconditionally. No matter what, no matter where they are, no matter who they are, what they've done, unconditionally loving them. And that's, that to me is an injustice. That shouldn't, that, that shouldn't happen. Um, and that's why we go on these trips, isn't it? To do more than build houses, do more than teach vacation Bible school to kids, do more than care for the needy. Um, we go on these trips to just love God's children. And I wish it hadn't taken me 17 days and thousands of smelly miles to learn this, um, but it did. And I hope that I can learn more with this church and through this church. Thank you. Ooh, thank you, Colton. I think that pretty much sums up the 17 days. Very, very, very smelly. I cannot emphasize that fact enough. See, it did not really matter to us because we were all smelly, but it definitely mattered to the people staying in the hotels we were staying at. So um, I guess I'm just going to start out like, what does it mean to be a missionary for you guys? I think John pretty much summed that up pretty well. It's going out of your comfort zone, out of your own tribe, your group to go and give this the good news, the gospel to these people who are lost and who, do, oh, sorry, who don't know. And I was like them these past six months. Uh, they've been very dark. I got really comfortable being in my own discomfort. Um, it was almost as if I'd never known God at all. And like these people that we built a house for and grew so close with in just this almost week and a half, I was saved too alongside them. And um, it, I think it's all thanks to this community and the people I was on the trip with and the people that we met in Mexico. Um, but not knowing 
just to, to what extent, to how unconditionally God's love is for us, like, just to not understand that, to not know, not even have a clue, not be able to fathom, wow, this God that I've never heard of loves me so much, and I have a path to be saved and to live eternally after I die, so I don't have to fear death or fear life that I'm living right now. That's an injustice, and being a missionary is going out and serving that justice to bring them to to God, and it's just, it was a beautiful thing to watch. It really, really was, and I kind of feel like these past couple months also have been able to be summed up by a semicolon. Um, there's actually one on my necklace. My mom gave it to me. Um, like these people, the sentence that is their life um, once ended with a period. You know, there's no life after death. There's, this is what our life is going to be. But now that, you know, we've introduced them to the love that God has to share, it's a semicolon. It's a part of their story that has ended, and now they can continue and go on and move on with their life. And that's what I've been able to feel, too. And I can never, I cannot be grateful enough to all of you guys because you guys made it possible for us to go on this trip. And I will be forever thankful. I can never thank you guys enough, but just thank you. So now that, you know, my relationship has been strengthened 100%, I'm still working on it. But um, the mom, Livia, said to me when we were building this house, she said, we've been praying to God for 10 years for a house. And now our prayers have been answered. And I think all of our prayers were answered with this trip. So thank you, Grace Church, for allowing us to have this wonderful opportunity. And that was really good, you guys, um, as always. You know, uh, I mentioned earlier that Teresa and I, a few years back, went, um, went to a class called Perspective on World Missions. A lot of people here at Grace have gone and it does open up your eyes and sometimes reframe your thoughts. But one of the things, that, one of the verses that they, or one of the passages they shared with us was Psalm 67. And if you have your Bible or open it up and want to read along with me in whatever translation, if not, just sit there and listen to these words. And they were so inspiring to me that I really felt like I needed to put music to them so that we could sing these words back to God. But here are the words. May God be gracious to us and bless us and make his face shine on us so that his ways may be known on earth, his salvation among the nations. May the people praise you, God. May all the people praise you. May the nations be glad and sing for joy. For you rule the peoples with equity and you guide the nations of the earth. May the peoples praise you, God. May all the people praise you. The land yields its harvest. God, our God, blesses us. May God bless us still so that all the ends of the earth will fear him. So that all the ends of the earth will fear him. It's a statement about all the nations. It's everybody. It's not just us. It's not just exclusive to anybody. It's open to everybody, but it requires that we as a church live into our commitment to that, right? The, they will know because we're built up into this temple of living stones that are quite visible and that we are out there in the world and we are talking and we are sharing, not just with words, not intellectual ascensions, but we're building houses, we're, we're, we're inserting ourselves into other people's suffering. 
So I'm going to sing this. Um, you guys sing along with me if you know it already. Love, love to have you sing. And then as you get used to it and comfortable with it, sing it. Because there's a way when I sing scripture like this, it helps me to remember it. Make your face to shine upon us, your ways known in all the earth. We praise you, Lord. May all the people praise you. May the nations be glad and sing for joy.
May all the people praise you. May the nations be glad and sing for joy. Amen. Well, next we are going to hear from the part. Keep turning this. There we go. Uh, they just came back from Ecuador. They brought a souvenir with them, right? Is what we heard. One new parsley with them. So, Josh, why don't you come on up? They serve with uh, SIM there in Ecuador, and they've got some images and a report for us. So, Josh. Good morning. Good to be with all of you this morning. Um, those of you who don't know us, my name is Josh. My wife, um, Karen, is here with our three children, Alethea. Benjamin and Joy. You can see a picture of us there. I've had the privilege of serving in Ecuador for about the last two and a half years. But before we share a little bit of that, I want to go back to the scripture, the passage we've been thinking about this morning, where it says, um, who will not fear you, O Lord, and glorify your name? It's been exciting for us to see how God has, has been able to um, glorify himself in all the different aspects and missions. From the church sending a missionary, God is glorified in that church. He's glorified in the people who pray and who financially support that missionary. Glorified in the missionary itself that goes. Glorified in the church that, that receives a missionary there on the field. And it's been exciting to us to see how God has used that whole, the whole body of Christ to glorify himself. And we're, we're connected together by the blood of Christ, but it's really awesome to see how that practical connection of missions, how we're together. And one of the ways we're able to do that, you have wireless swiping going on, <clears throat> pretty nice. Uh, one of the ways we're able to do that is through discipleship. That's the area that we work in. And it's really important there because only 1% of the population, they estimate, are evangelical Christian. But that's 1%. There's 1% there that are wanting, uh, hungering for the Word of God, wanting to grow in their faith and their understanding. And one of the ways we're able to do that is through workshops, as you can see in the top picture there of us uh, doing a workshop in a small uh, rural community. Another way, uh, we have a, a program called ESI, which means Equipping Servants. You can see us there in the bottom, me with some other guys. And it's really exciting for me, that, because it's, it's, a, it's a program for leaders and pastors, and the different churches in the area send their leaders there. And we have different people there. We have some that are medical doctors, some that are, are writers, uh, artists, you have truck drivers, you have taxi drivers, and guys that just try to find work that they can make it through the week. So we all sit down together, and we go through, it's a program for three and a half years. So every Thursday night we meet, and we go through some heavy theological books together. We go through the book of Romans, takes us about two and a half years to be able to do that, and the other years for other book, a couple other books of the Bible. And we're just there together, and it's been encouraging to me how we've been able to grow together uh, in faith and grow mutually. Another way, we have the privilege of working with the only Christian radio station in, the, in that whole part of Ecuador. And that's really a, a key part of the ministry there for all of our team uh, because a lot of times we don't even know believers exist in the rural areas until they hear the radio and they write back in or they come to the station and say, hey, we're here, we need help. Well, that's been good. I work in the, the IT part of that. So it's exciting to be able to see when I fix a cable, it's actually helping promote the gospel. More people are able to hear. When we work on the, the mobile app and more people can hear that way, uh, I'm a part of that. And that's exciting uh, to be able to see how God is using, using that. 
In another way is that we, we're just normal members of a church there. The church we go to there is called Principe de Paz, or Prince of Peace. And we're just normal members. We try to integrate in with the rest of them. One thing that, that's really been a big blessing to all of our family is the relationship with the pastor. His name is Jimmy Vivanco. And really, if it wasn't for them, we wouldn't be able to integrate into the community, into the society, as we've been able to do. I can remember when, in the beginning, when Benjamin, he got sick, he had to be in the hospital for a while. And the churches right there alongside of us, helping us, you know, through that, that, that time of not knowing what's going to happen. Uh, and God's also opened up a lot of doors through that church to be able to serve in the worship band and teaching. And another way... Um, through the church, the church there is working to plant another church in an area that's about four hours away. You can see in the bottom there, uh, Jimmy and I were doing a, a drama for the children. I'm going to say I'm not the guy you want to pick for your children's ministry. I'm just not a dynamic speaker. I'm not that good. I have my own children, but with a room full of children, I'm not that good. But uh, God uses, you know, who's there a lot of times. And as it turns out, uh, a lot of the, the people in this church plant are single moms. So when you have a group of moms and a bunch of children, what do you do? Well, you minister to everyone. So we're able to do that. And uh, it's also really encouraging because it's a four-hour trip. So we're literally in the vehicle for eight hours when we go. And that's a lot of time of, of just fellowship and, and discipleship that we can go along and do that. One thing I want to mention about this church plant is that really a lot of it started with just one single mom that has three children. Through her, Marianita, uh, she makes different contacts throughout the community, and she's inviting people to come. And that's good to see. Just a single mom that barely struggles to make it through the week. You know, God has used her to bring about a church plant. If I can be so bold uh, to ask for your prayers, there's a lot of ways you could pray for us. Right now we're on home assignment. Our plan is to be here until February. So we have a lot of transitions, a lot of adjustments we need to go through. Uh, so please pray for that. Also, we'll have the funding to be able to continue working in Ecuador. But pray for the people there. Pray for those that are going through these different discipleship programs. And really pray for the radio, too. I didn't go into much depth about that, but we had a frequency, but it was taken away from us. Now we've reapplied, and we're wanting to expand throughout the whole province, or kind of like the state. So please pray that, that God would move in the hearts of the officials, that we can have that, because it is important. So many people are curious what the evangelicals have to say, but they're afraid to just walk into a church and say, hey, what are you guys talking about? But they can listen to the radio in the privacy of their home and do that. And there's a slide missing. That's okay. Um, one of the slides talked about that people are living and dying without the gospel. And I just want to think of that in the whole glory of God um, with missions, how he's glorifying, and we can be a part of that. It's a privilege and an honor to glorify him um, through going, through supporting. If you want to see us more than just every couple of years, feel free to come with us. There's a lot of opportunities uh, that are there. And I just want to thank you guys for how you've, you've really been a, a blessing to us as we've been on the field. I can say you guys are doing a good job as a, as a sending church, as a church that's trying to support the missionaries. And I'm just thankful for that. Uh, we have a sign-up sheet if you're interested in getting our updates. It's in the back in the missions nook there. Our information's here. I put it up there because we're not here all the time, so you guys can see it and contact us if you have any questions or, or just anything. You're just curious. So thank you so much, uh, Grace Church, for all that you guys are doing throughout the world. This is exciting to be able to sit here and watch what you guys are doing, not just through us, but through uh, other people throughout the world. Thank you.
let's uh, use this opportunity to celebrate him by giving thanks to him in song.
Amen. So next we're going to get to hear from Teresa Cornett. She's going to come up and share about Canopy. And as we talk about missions and we talk about crossing borders, um, some, a lot of times we go, that's, we think about going, but then also there are the people that come to us, our friends that come to us from various places across the world. But we still have to be intentional in crossing that boundary. We still have to be intentional about going across. So Teresa is going to share with us now about that work. My name is Teresa Cornett, and I've been a part of Grace Church since December of 2000. I'm the leader of the Connections team here at Grace, a mom, Christ follower, a wife, a grandma, and a friend. In his book, For the Healing of the Nations, Justo Gonzalez writes that the theme of every tribe and language and people and nation is used in the book of Revelation seven times. He surmises that John took it from the book of Daniel, where it first appeared in chapter 3, verse 4, when King Nebuchadnezzar orders that peoples, nations, and languages should fall down and worship his golden statue. Some of you kids might remember that we learned about King Nebuchadnezzar last year as we learned about earthly kings and looked forward to God's plan for a different kind of king. After the king has been moved by the episode of the fiery furnace, He sent a message to all peoples, nations, and languages regarding the mighty acts of God. Gonzalez notes that in the end, when God's will is accomplished, those who praise God and the Lamb will be from every tribe and nation and people and language. And this means that this is the vision from which, out of which, the church must live. Must live now, not in the future. Several years ago... Grace Church took advantage of the opportunity to become partners with Canopy NWA, a local nonprofit agency that helps refugees resettling in the United States. We have formed two support teams and enjoyed the support of our church family and community friends as we gathered furniture and supplies to outfit two apartments. As we gathered after our work in the first home we'd helped to set up, we prayed that it would be a safe and secure spot for this family to rest. And we prayed that we would be able to have a true friendship with them. The one true holy God has been so good to us. Not only have we been able to share from our resources of material goods and time, but we have been blessed to see our lives and lifestyles with a new set of eyes and to experience a beautiful friendship. We have prayed together for family members who were left behind and celebrated when they arrived at the airport 10 months later. We have grieved with them when a daughter's husband suddenly passed on, leaving her as a pregnant widow. We have celebrated the births of children in both of our families, learning that the Congolese dance and drink festive drinks when babies are born. I have been privileged to hear them share a favorite hymn in Swahili and recognize the melody of How Great Thou Art, a song my own mom would sing in the kitchen when I was a child. Our friend Abwe's home church in Tanzania has started writing to Grace Church regularly and sending us pictures. We've sent some back and have started daydreaming about sending a team to visit as they are asking us to come share the gospel with them. We've enjoyed surprise gifts, such as finding out that some of our new friends spoke Portuguese when we just happened to have three people in our church family who had lived in Brazil. The hematologist who helped one of our team leaders, Sarah Paul, when she had childhood leukemia, is now helping to heal Mwavida and Kalima. Can you imagine the joy that this doctor has in seeing that a child he helped several years ago is now helping others? That is a glimpse of the goodness of a holy God. 
It is redemption and mercy and miraculous. And Voskamp asks, what is the answer to suffering in this world? Destroy it with co-suffering, with compassion, with givenness. Kids who are with us in the worship today, you have a few heart stickers in your packet to put in your passport. Think for a minute about how you can show love to someone who has sought shelter and freedom in the United States. Could you take them to the playground before school starts to show them the lay of the land? Maybe you could arrange an outing to see a movie together or help them with their English. Could you possibly write them an old-fashioned letter that would come in their mailbox? For the grown-ups, I encourage you to form a support team of 10 to 12 friends and go through the canopy training. The United States has agreed to take in 50,000 refugees in 2018. About 17,500 have arrived so far. The Mwenda family continues to pray that their daughter and sister Leticia and her children will be approved for travel soon. Please pray for her next interview, which is scheduled between July 31st and August 10th. We need friends like these. We need to hear their stories. To the one holy God be the glory. You know, a few weeks back, um, we sang together a song that we've sung here years for years. Um, uh, it's called Yahweh, first performed, I think, by Sean McDonald. But the words to the song are really simple. You alone are worthy of all that I am. Um, beautiful is your name. And then the second chorus is wonderful is your name. But we decided to teach it to you guys in Swahili to make sure that our families that are here feel included, right? That's the way you do it, right? It's not that we, um, we start dying to our own preferences and we begin to understand what lo it looks like uh, for the people that are around us. And so I want us to do that this morning. I've asked Josie. Josie speaks really good Swahili now, by the way, um, just by singing this song, right? Um, I've asked Josie to kind of lead us in singing this in Swahili. And so let's just do the whole song in Swahili. But at some point in time, I want to come in and I'm going to sing the English over the top. And I just want you to listen for what that sounds like. Listen with your heart, not just with your, with your ears.
that doesn't move your spirit, if that doesn't mix with the thousands and thousands of angels and the creatures and the elders singing in heaven as a prayer, mixing with the incense, I don't know what does. If that doesn't stir your recognition that he is with us right now, and that chorus of angels is singing right now, then I think you're missing. Amen. Next, we're going to hear from um, Leslie Green. John and Leslie work with uh, Way for Gypsies in the Ukraine. And that area of the world is something that's very precious to, to Jane and I. We spent many years working in Belarus. Katya is here this morning, uh, one of our friends from Belarus. And um, come on up, Leslie, with what they're, they're going to share. And Oh, John, you get to share too. All right. Um, so let's give them our attention now. Thank you. Excuse us while we use our notes. We're not uh, super great orators. Um, I just wanted to go through the, that last part of Revelation, uh, verse 15, 3, and 4. All nations will come and worship before you, for your righteous deeds have been revealed. The song of, the song of Moses, this part of the um, scripture, is also known as the song of the Lamb in Revelation. Um, it refers to the completing work of Jesus. It's purely about God. It praises his deeds, which are great, amazing, just, and true. Who God is guides our worship, and our worship guides how we live our lives. When we worship God, we proclaim our love of who he is and recognize all of what he has done, is doing, and will do for us. In our worship, we embody his message and purpose, accept his redemption and embrace, his empowerment for service. Honoring and glorifying God's nature involves countering our culture, giving ourselves, our time, and our resources. So Martin Luther King once said, I have the audacity to believe that peoples everywhere can have three meals a day for their bodies, education and culture for their minds, and equality and freedom for their spirits. Eight years ago, we came home from a Ukraine gypsy camp, resolved to help combat the extreme poverty that we had witnessed. And our goals, uh, we came away with wanting to uh, feed, to educate, to employ, and to champion their place in the world despite deep prejudices, lack of opportunity, and oppressive and corrupt systems. So the oppression and the lack of opportunity has been internalized for these folks. Um, it has literally changed the way they think. Um, and, you know, when we, this has probably been one of the more difficult things for us to grasp, is as Americans, we think in a certain way. We think education is important. Well, when you are surviving, when you're in a survival mode, that's what's important. And it changed your whole thought structure. And so that's been something that's been difficult for us to grasp as, as we've worked alongside the gypsy community. There's actually been studies that have proven that the brain actually does change when you are under extreme 
uh, poverty circumstances, and it totally shrinks and limits your thinking. Um, and they don't have the luxury of our American safety nets that we have here for our poor. Um, so it's, it's especially difficult. Um, but some of them had begun to experience some success despite the oppositional forces they face. Um, there's some entrepreneurs. We have a car mechanic, um, a small construction team, a small appliance repairman, and a carpet or rug cleaner. And um, we felt compelled to kind of get beside these entrepreneurs and help raise some funds to help them get the equipment and tools that they're currently needing um, so they can better their businesses and experience even greater levels of success. It's a tremendous opportunity to impact the lives of those that are striving to get out of the poverty cycle. You know, one of the things that as we've come along this group, we've developed some incredible relationships and, uh, and gotten to see them progress. One of the encouraging things, uh, when we first got in this, John actually approached me and shared with me just how difficult many missionaries over the years had found ministering to the gypsy population had been, that it was like an almost impossible task. The encouraging thing for us as we share with others is the progress we see in that community. These guys that we work with are part of that community. They speak the language. They know the culture. They are gypsies. And they are making a positive change in the lives of their community. And now they have these children that were once children. They're now teaching the children. And they are making that change. And so we've had education has come in. Uh, through groups like 700 Club. Now we feel like the next phase for that is that entrepreneurship Leslie was talking about and finding ways to come alongside of that. And so whether that's a gift of resources, of prayer, of your knowledge, uh, we certainly implore you, encourage you uh, to come alongside us. Uh, we would love to have you and we'd love to share with you. Thank you. Last week, as we looked at our text, we talked about how the verse where it says, the kingdoms of this world have become the kingdoms of our Lord, and he shall reign forever and ever, is the culmination of the book of Revelation. It's the apex, it's the high point, but it's also the high point of history. That's the thing that we believe, that's the thing that we, we look forward to, that's the, the thing we accept as reality now and reality to come with that. It's why we do what we do in large measure with that, because we believe that the kingdoms of this world have become the kingdoms of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and are becoming those kingdoms. So what you heard today is small testimony of that. And it's not just the testimony of John and Leslie. It's not just the testimony of Colton, Josie, and Josh, and Teresa. It's our testimony. Grace Church, this is our testimony. As part of this family, everyone here is involved with this. This is something that God is doing through us, in us, and among us. 
And that takes structure. It takes work. It takes intentionality. Yesterday, a group of about 30 leaders from here at the church spent all day up in Mount Sequoia wrestling with how do we allocate our resources? What are the things that make us distinctive as Grace Church? How do we accomplish those things? It takes hard work to do those things. But we're willing to do it because we see the future. We experience the reality of Jesus among us with these stories and with these testimonies. We're going to transition now to come and take communion, to pray and to receive an offering. It takes sacrifice as well as hard work to make this happen. Going to Africa, going to Ukraine, going to these places, it's not cheap. Welcoming and outfitting apartments for friends coming from overseas, it's not cheap. It takes sacrifice on all of our behalf to do that. But as we ended yesterday at the leaders' retreat, we ended with communion because we don't give out of what we expect to get back. We give as Christians, as followers of Jesus, because of what we've already received. Because of what we have already received. And when we talk about missions being the ultimate crossing of borders, there is no border that has not been crossed to welcome people to this table. There's no border wall. There's no passport required. There's no visa that you have to get stamped to come to this table. Jesus crossed every barrier, every wall, Every challenge Jesus overcame to make this table available to us. And so as we think about all the things that have been given out from this church, let's end remembering that something much greater has been given to us. Something of insurmountable value has been given to us in the person of Jesus Christ. Our table, our communion table, is open to all who are seeking Jesus. You don't have to be a member of this church to come. Just a willingness to receive the grace, love, and the mercy that has been extended through Jesus. We don't dismiss by rose. As Alex and the worship team lead us, you come up as you're able to do that. After we take communion and sing a song, we'll have a benediction and be free to go. Thank you, Grace Church. Thank you as you hear these stories, as you think about them as you go, as you talk to the people who've gone, as you visit the pop-up museum back there, as you go to the baby shower for Sakitu this evening, that's what, we're, that's what God is doing among us. Thank you for being part. Great is thy faithfulness, O God, my Father. There is no shadow of turning with thee. Thou changest not thy compassions, they fail not. As thou hast been, the forever will 
faithfulness, oh God, my Father. There is no shadow of turning with Thee. Thou changest not Thy compassions, they fail not. As Thou hast been, Thou forever will be. Great is Thy faithfulness, great is Thy faithfulness. Morning by morning, new mercies I see. All I have needed, thy hand hath provided. Great is thy faithfulness, Lord, unto me. Summer and winter and springtime and harvest, sun, moon, and stars in their courses above. Join with all nature in manifold witness to thy great faithfulness, mercy, and Great is thy faithfulness, great is thy faithfulness, morning by morning new mercies I see, all I have needed thy hand has provided, great is thy faithfulness. that endureth thine own dear presence to cheer and to guide strength for today and bright hope for tomorrow blessings all mine with ten thousand Great is thy faithfulness, great is thy faithfulness, morning by morning new mercies I see, and all I have needed thy hand hath provided, great is thy faithfulness. Thy faithfulness, great is thy faithfulness, morning by morning, new mercies I see, 
And all I have needed, thy hand hath provided. Great is thy faithfulness, great is thy faithfulness, great is thy faithfulness, great is thy faithfulness, Lord, unto Church, can we just hear your voices? Great is thy faithfulness. Great is thy faithfulness. Morning by morning, new mercies I see. All I have needed, thy hands have provided. Great is thy faithfulness, great is thy faithfulness, great is thy faithfulness, Lord. Let's stand and sing this old hymn together, which basically expresses our willingness. So listen to these words as we sing together.
You sent your Son into the world to free us from the bondage of sin, free us from the fear of death, and give us grace to live life abundantly. And you sent us out in your love and power to proclaim the gospel of life to all peoples everywhere. Lord, look kindly on us as we go as messengers of salvation and peace, marked with the sign of the cross. And Holy Spirit, Guide our steps with your mighty arm and with the power of your grace. Strengthen us in spirit. Amen. Redeemer's praise, the glories of my 